This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello everyone, the Academy show is back for another season. I'm your host once again, Mo Stewart, and I'm joined as ever by our Academy expert, amongst many other things, Mr Matt Addison. Uh, as I say, it's a brand new season. Uh, it's a time's very important for the kids when a lot of people their age are worrying about their exams. These guys have already got that back to school feeling as the new season starts with lots of hope, hope lots of optimism and maybe some new surroundings for some of these guys. Maybe some have gone out on loan or moving up to new teams. Lots of people who've been keen to make a good new impression and plenty of them have. We're going to be discussing all of those over the course of this show. We're going to be coming back with a few names that you may have heard us talk about on the last show. In fact, that might even be the theme, almost a reunion with some of our past hits, uh, as well as looking towards the future, particularly the last few days of the transfer window and whether that will shake anything up. But, Matt, I'll start with this. There has been a lot of positivity around the team in the youth ranks that maybe hasn't quite translated to the seniors. But I think what we're seeing at the moment is, like I say, this point where people are trying to make these brand new impressions and kind of get settled into their new surroundings. Yeah, it's the, the same every every season, really. The start for, for the under-18s, there's a lot of new names that we haven't necessarily seen before or haven't even heard of in, in lots of cases in terms of those who've sort of come through from the, the 16s and, and made that jump up. So, yeah, looking forward to, to kind of assessing all of those and, and getting to know those players over the next sort of few months. It's It's still kind of early doors to be making judgments on on those but like you say it's it's kind of positive really in in that sense and I think the biggest positive really in terms of, of the academy has come from the, the knock-on really of, of pre-season we saw you know a lot of names really step up and, and impress in in those matches obviously you know a steep learning curve for, for one or two players as well but I think certainly for, for Stefan Bicetic and, and Bobby Clark which I know we're going to touch on a little bit later on I think you know, we've we've seen obviously you know Premier League debut. We've seen them on the bench in big games for the senior team, and obviously part of that is is because of the injuries and the situation Liverpool sort of find themselves in at this moment in time. But it's also a, a reflection, I think, for for those two to have been picked out of of all of, of the players and and all of the options that that Jurgen Klopp and Pep Linders and and everyone else had taken a look at over the the summer. I think for for those two, it's you know a real sign really of how much. They are rated within the, the Liverpool setup. They've been trusted to come on in matches. They've been trusted to, to be on the bench. And partly it's it's injuries, but you know, it's it's up to somebody to, to go and take those opportunities. And those are the two names that have managed to do that. And these are exactly what we said when we were doing our preview to pre-season. It was a very much a meritocracy at that point, a point, a level playing field. If you put in the performances in training and in games, then you will get that progression. And these two have kind of given everybody within the system a fantastic start, a carrot to, to go all, go towards, you could call it. But yeah, I'm, I'm especially glad actually for for Bobby Clark. Just quickly, just I know we'll we'll come to it more later, but he was I think my one to watch yes, for preseason, <laughs> and he did he didn't do a lot during preseason, but I think I've been justified in that after the uh, the start of, of this one at least. So he must have he must have been good in training. I mean, I've got to say your one to watch record is pretty strong. I mean, I would, <laughs> if I was you, I'd probably be bigging it up earlier as well. But we're gonna have another one at the end of this show so hopefully another starlet ready to start his uh ascent to greatness but the first slide i wanted to talk about on today's show was someone who didn't get a chance in pre-season was robbed of an injury when he first joined us back in april which is ben doke 
He also missed out on the chance to go to the Euro under-17s with Scotland, which was something they were really looking forward to. But he has spent no time wasted as soon as he got on the pitch. He's been fantastic from the start. Uh, Keith McDonald wrote a really great piece about him in the Echo, about how he's the talk of the academy. And his first few games against Middlesbrough and against Manchester United, Matt, he's been coming in, he's been really affecting games. And he's he looked like someone who's basically been waiting for this moment for the last three or four months. Yeah, he was obviously desperate to, to make a good impression and he's certainly done that. I think he's been the, the standout really in terms of, of those that have kind of come in and, and made a decent impression to start with. I think he more than, than anybody else has. And again, he's he's one of those that is just so young. He's kind of following that Harvey Elliott and Bobby Clark path mm-hmm. of kind of, kind of coming in and having a little bit of, of senior experience. I think he played twice or possibly three times for, for Celtic at, at senior level. So it probably shouldn't be a surprise that he looks as developed as what he is. But at the same time, he doesn't turn 17 until the middle of November. He's still, you know, such a, a really, really young player. But yeah, two goals and an assist in three games for, for the 18 so far. I mean, that that's the crucial thing, isn't it? That's what we talk about with these young players. It's it, it's not just the kind of level of performance, the physicality, all of the, the rest of it. It's actually those numbers as well. If you're going to play in a wide position for Liverpool, you've got to score regularly. You've got to be providing those numbers. And yeah, the, the early signs are that he can can do that. So yeah, really, really exciting player. And I think he he's one of those that it's a bit of a cliche, but I think it's it's true with a lot of these young players that, that end up making it, at, whether that's at Liverpool or, or certainly at senior level somewhere. It's He's 16, but he, he certainly doesn't look like a 16-year-old at this moment. No, and he doesn't play like a 16-year-old. He's got that kind of almost, well, he's got the fearlessness of youth, but he's also got a little bit of an intelligence to his game. He knows exactly when to make those runs and when defences might be potentially weak. And yes, we've seen like the highlight real stuff, like uh, Kiefer mentioned the particular turn he did in this game, which uh, had everyone ooing and ahhing on the sidelines. But you are very right there. The production side, the, uh, the end product, as a lot of people call it, is really important these young guys because you you know that's what really is going to help you with progression being able to marry those skills and tricks into actual results on the pitch yeah we we spoke to to someone when he first came in of of kind of you know what to expect and and what was he like and the the comparison was i think zed and shakiri wasn't it that was the, Mm. the the kind of sort of stylistic type thing and i think you can kind of see that i think he is like you say he's very direct he's he's quite quick he's he's you know, a good dribbler of, of the ball, but he is getting into those areas and, and being decisive, which I think, you know, for for someone who's just moved to, to a club, like the, obviously Celtic are a big club as well, but to, to move to, to Liverpool with the, the expectation of, of that and just to, to kind of slot in really and, and look like he's kind of a, a central part of, of that team, I think is is really important. So it would be, be fascinating to see kind of what happens with him over the next few months. I would imagine that he'll stay with the, the 18s just because, you know, he... he because he is so young, I think it would be you know too early to, to step up. But you know, if he carries on with the the sort of you know a goal or an assist every game, that that kind of ratio, it's it's only going to be a matter of, of time, isn't it? So, yeah, he's he's one of those that I think for this season, keep him in the 18s, keep an eye on him, see what he does. But yeah, we, we mentioned the the kind of physicalities. He's also at the same time one of those that you think. He could possibly do the Harvey Elliott thing of possibly having a season out on loan in, in maybe one or two years' time because you look at some of the players and I'm sure you know we'll, we'll come on to, to talk about a couple of them in terms of, of potential loans and that sort of thing. I think he's one that already, maybe not right now, but certainly in maybe a year, 18 months, you can kind of see a trajectory where possibly a loan probably wouldn't be the worst thing for him. 
I think that's fair. I think when you look at the way the machine, or should I say the machine, the, the process, the, the uh, conveyor belt, if you can call it, works so well at the moment, you can already start to see when someone shows signs at one point where they could potentially mark on their next part. But it is very early. One of the things I really enjoy, particularly in the weekend's win over Manchester United, I feel like we need to mention the beat Manchester United at the weekend. Yes, thank you. Uh, was his connection with another young player who we mentioned in a previous show, Trent Cohen Doherty, who got the first two goals. Now, the second goal was the one where it was a great run from Doken, nice little link up in chemistry, which is great to see him settling in as well. But I liked the first goal from Trent as well because it showed an opportunistic mind, but also a composure. And both goals showed he has that kind of repeatable action that you really hope is going to help him be able to score lots of goals at this level. Yeah, and that instinct as well, I think, is is, is particularly impressive when you look at how old he is or rather how young he is. I mean, he's he's almost a year younger than Ben Doak, isn't he? I think he's only just turned 16, not 17 till June next year. So he's just such a, you know, a real young player. But yeah, two goals in, in three games for him as well, I think. He's one of those that looks maybe a little bit more raw and he's going to need a little bit more training and a little bit more kind of honing in terms of, of his attacking play. But like you say, that the kind of instincts are quite clearly there. He's very quick. He's, he's a good dribbler. He's making the right decisions already. I think there's, you know, there's a really good baseline from which to, to jump off for him. And you know, Liverpool will, will do a lot of work with him, I'm sure, in terms of, of how he takes the, the next step within his game. But I think when you're, you're that young and you're already quite clearly that good and, and good enough to play for, for Liverpool's under-18s. And you know, the, the, the sky is, is the limit almost with him in, in terms of the talent for, for Ben Dope as well. I think they're both you know players that need a bit more kind of refining in the game. But you know, for, for both of them to, to be at that level when you come into Liverpool, is it's such a good starting point. It is. And I think it speaks well of their mentalities as well because... I mean, we've spoken about them a lot. There's been lots of column inches written about them in this time between the rumours first beginning in the case of Trent and the first signing in case of Bendo before they were able to finally get on the pitch and show what they could do within this Liverpool side. So for them to have to absorb all of that noise and all of the kind of the hype, but also some of the doubts and then to be able to come in and hit the ground running, it really does speak to the, the, the mentality, as I say, of the two lads. Yeah, and I think, you know, obviously we mentioned Ben Doak has come in from Celtic and he's he's played for the senior team. I think it, there'd, there'd be a, a few less doubts probably in his mind. I think for for, for Trent, it's it's slightly different, obviously coming in from a, a lesser club in Ireland. He's, he's kind of had to, to move across. It's it's a bit more of a, a big jump, I think, for him and obviously the fact that he's, you know, a year or so younger as well. So, yeah, I think it's, you know, it's it's been a really positive start. I think that that we kind of underestimate that I think sometimes in terms of, you know, that the confidence and the kind of ability that these players have got, they're obviously, you know, hugely talented. They're going to back themselves, but I think to come in score straight away, you, you see it so many times at senior level. Sometimes if a player doesn't start well and maybe looks a little bit nervous, the first few games that can creep in for, you know, into a few weeks and, and a few months and all of that kind of thing. But with these two, it's, it's very much been a case of they're settled, they're in, they're scoring goals. They're, they're looking like Liverpool players already. So yeah, really good signs. And I'm looking forward to, to watching both of them. The under 18s are always really, really exciting to watch. And I think from what we've seen so far that this, this season is, is going to be no different. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Now, speaking of starting well, I'd say it's a pretty nice thing to have 
your Premier League debut when the team is 7-0 up. <laughs> and that is exactly what our, our boys, we mentioned before, Stefan Pasecic and Bobby Clark got to do when they came on for their debuts in the 9-0 win over Bournemouth. Now, obviously, at that point, Bournemouth are a beaten side, very much a beaten side, and Liverpool were pretty much playing keep ball. But I did like the fact that both lads were bright on the ball. They looked like they weren't just trying to recycle it and pass it on. They were trying to make things happen. And they both got to be involved in a couple of goal celebrations as well, which wouldn't have hurt. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, obviously there is the point that Bournemouth were, were really not very good. The game state was the game state. Liverpool were obviously going to go on and, and win. But Liverpool, I thought it was really impressive as a team that they didn't stop at, at six and seven. They carried mm-hmm. on and I think these two players were, were a part of that. They were both showing for the ball. Like you say, they were involved heavily. There was you know, a couple of times where Stefan in particular, I think, got himself into to good positions on the edge of the box. And he was trusted by the other players, obviously. Again, with that caveat of it's easier to trust them when it doesn't particularly matter if you give the ball away against a, a Bournemouth team that weren't going to do anything with it. But I just think for both of them, it was, was a fantastic experience. There's not going to be... Too many opportunities this season where Liverpool are going to be that many goals ahead, and, and you know it's it's going to be an ideal time to to put them on. But I think for for both of them to to just get that one out of the way really and, and under the belt, they'll look to to kick on from that. And it, it's going to be interesting to kind of see what happens with the, the two of them. It was um, it was interesting. I, I watched them just over a, a week ago against Blackburn for for the under twenty ones, and they both played a half in that with one eye on being on the bench on the, the Monday night against Manchester United and. I asked Barry Lutas actually at the end, kind of how difficult is it to, to kind of make those decisions? Kind of what what's the balance? Is it is it better for them to be on the bench and not play, but be in the squad and, and learn from being at Old Trafford? Obviously, it didn't go the way that, that Liverpool wanted it to, but still a, a hugely valuable experience, I'm sure, for the two of them. Or, you know, is it better for them to, to maybe play 90 minutes for the 21s? And obviously, it was you know not his decision. It was up to, to Jurgen Klopp and, and the first team. But I thought it was kind of interesting that, yeah, he, he wasn't quite sure in, in terms of that. But obviously, it, it, it's a completely different case. A week later against Bournemouth, it's not just sitting on the bench and being sort of on the edge of it. You're actually in it. You're a part of it. You're playing that, you know, I don't think there's any doubt in terms of, of what was the, the most useful 100% it was for, for them both to be in the, the squad for the first team on that occasion. So, yeah, hopefully that does happen again and, and they get future opportunities. Like I say, Liverpool are not going to be 7, 8 and 9 nil up at certain points right. this season very often. But, yeah, it was um, it, it was a good experience for, for the two of them. And possibly when one or two players come back from injury, that won't be a, a decision that they have to weigh up. But I think it's it's interesting really that, you know, maybe one or two other teams, as, as we've spoken about in the past on this podcast, maybe at City or at United or one or two of the teams that take the uh, the 21s league a, a bit more seriously, maybe they would have just played them in, in that and, and not bothered with sort of giving them the, the rest in case they were needed for the senior team. But with Liverpool, very much a case mm-hmm. of one being much more, um, sort of having the, the emphasis on it much more than, than the other, I think. And yeah, it, it's, it's undoubtedly the right way around. They got the reward, you know, a, a week later. Yes, they did. And it's going to be in the short term at least. We don't know the status of Curtis Jones. Uh, so we don't know whether or not he's going to be added to the squad for midweek. But there is another kind of conflict because Liverpool have the Papa John's trophy game on the Tuesday, but then obviously are at home against Newcastle on the Wednesday. And for these boys, I think, like you say, obviously they're happy to do whatever the managers tell them to at this stage in their career. But being on the bench for that Newcastle game 
having already come off the bench once. It is a very different thing. It's not like you're sitting there thinking, oh, well, I'm just here for the experience. It's a waste of time. Now you know that there's a trust there for the manager to say that I believe that you can play in a Premier League game. Yes, we talked about the circumstances, but if you're on the bench in that situation, you know you've been on. If there is an emergency where you're needed, then you know. So it's a different kind of psychology, basically, in terms of having to be really ready and feeling really involved. Yeah, and I, I don't think it necessarily would have to be that Liverpool were 7-0 up next time to trust them. Right. I think the first time probably it, it does. I don't think there was really any chance that that either of them were going to get on at Old Trafford, no matter how that match had gone. Obviously, in the circumstances, they certainly won't. But even if Liverpool were 2 or 3 up, I, I don't think they would have, have come on in, in that kind of game. But they've both sort of proven now that they can come on in that sort of environment and, and with that crowd watching, they're able to to kind of string a, a few passes together. I think if if Liverpool say we're, we're three up against Newcastle, which I don't think is beyond the realms of possibility off the, the back of, of what they did on Saturday, maybe then you do see Stefan or Bobby come off the, the bench just for, you know, even just for, for five minutes at the end. It's like you say, it's a completely different psychology for them. They're not sat there going, well, there's absolutely no chance. It, it suddenly feels a lot more realistic and that's what you've got to do, isn't it? When you're a young player, you, you take those opportunities, you build it game by game and yeah, step one is complete. Plenty more steps to, to come from both of them. Definitely. I think it's interesting because I get a sense from within the Liverpool fan base that people are more aware of Stefan at this stage. I think, like we said, pre-season, he definitely made his impact. Whereas for Bobby Clark, there's still a few more, oh, that's Lee Clark's boy, isn't it? So people are just trying to get used to him. It's kind of interesting, actually. We've got a few other former players' sons in our uh, academy at the moment. We have uh, Jason Kumas's son, also playing in that team. We did... Fantastic Well, We have to mention his four goals against Middlesbrough. But also, uh, I believe Mena Figueroa's boy is within the academy as well. So we're, we're really fostering a new generation of kids, isn't it? But um, it's, it's, it's a fantastic thing, the way with, with Bobby, the way that he has been able to kind of establish himself now. And while for Stefan, he might be able to kind of, once the season progresses, maybe at times he'll be able to come in on benches and will certainly be looking at League Cup. Where do you see with for Bobby? Where do you think his his kind of ceiling lies this season? Yeah, it's a, it's a tough one, really. I think probably the League Cup is is something that you'd look at, but then I think there's only one League Cup tie, isn't there? Before the World Cup, it's it's not like there's there's loads of opportunities for him. I think you know you'd maybe look at possibly just sort of being in and around the the bench and and that kind of thing would be would be, you know, a decent sort of level for, for him to be at this season. I don't think it necessarily has to, to be that next step. I don't think he's going to get loads of opportunities in terms of, of first-team minutes. I mean, you've probably got to look at, at someone like a, a Cade Gordon being ahead of him when he's back from injury. There's, you know, there's there's loads of options even beyond the obvious kind of injuries that have to return before kind of he would, would kind of be, be stepping up and, and being a regular. But you never know. You, you look at, you know, the, the Carabao Cup last year, we end up seeing Harvey Blair starting at Preston and, and things like that. I mean, you just never know. I think if if you're in his position, I think that's what you've got to do, isn't it? You've got to do as much as you can for the for the 21s. But then, you know, if if you get those opportunities, even if it's you know just a, a few minutes against Bournemouth in in, in an absolute comfortable victory, it's. It, it, it was just an opportunity, I think, for him. And I think he, he probably took it as much as what he could do. I don't think he could have done that much more, really, in, in the, the circumstances on Saturday. I thought he was was excellent. So, yeah, probably probably a few more times on the bench. Probably the, the longer the uh, the season goes on, the more injured players Liverpool get back. We'll probably see him play more and more for the 21s. But 
you know, mm-hmm. even that, given the age that he is, I think is, you know, is, is is a pretty decent achievement. If he can be playing every week for the twenty ones, that's that's a step forward on what he did last year, and that's all you can ask really is that yeah. development and, and the progress. The more you can learn, and, and the more that you can show that again that you can score goals and, and create assists from, from those sort of positions. It's uh, yeah, it's it, it's a pretty perfectly set up position, I think, for him to be in. He's he's kind of at the he's probably at the the level maximum that we could have expected really when he came in he's he's only yeah. been at liverpool for for just over a year to find himself in the position he's in now is is probably as much as he would have dared expect as much as i would have loved to see it i think seeing him ben went into the top corner for 10-0 might have kind of disturbed his development somewhat in terms of expectations so yeah i think it's probably best where he stays where he is for now but some other guys who've been making some great headlines is the, the lads who have been out on loan um uh, think of some of the the older guys like Reese Williams as well, who's been playing fantastic for Blackpool. Uh, Connor Bradley has played every game for Bolton, man of the match at the weekend against Plymouth. Uh, but there's two in particular that I want to speak about. Another two lads who have been on this show before. Firstly, Tyler Morton making waves at Blackburn. Um, and particularly for his positional change for the League Cup game against Bradford, where he played as a centre-back and by all accounts excelled. And obviously, James Balagizi made national headlines as one of the stars of Crawley Town's League Cup giant killing over Fulham. Yes, it is apparently possible to beat Fulham. So, <laughs> I'll start with Tyler, uh, Matt. I'm, I'm really intrigued by this whole move to centre-back thing because one of the issues I thought with him within central midfield was physicality. And being a misleader playing against uh, the League One team in Bradford. And there was possibly some not some of their first choice players with it being a League Cup game, but in terms of physicality, it's certainly going to ramp it up. It's certainly a, a certain a baptism of fire, and he seems to handle it superbly. Yeah, again, I think it's it's a case of you've just got to take that opportunity. I think he's only started a, a couple of, of games in the the Carabao Cup, possibly one in the, the Championship as well. But he's kind of just sort of easing his way in. I think he's, he's generally been coming off the bench for, for Blackburn so far, which, you know, at some point that's got to turn into to a run of, of starts really for him. But I think the the way that you do that is by just, like we said before, doing what the manager asks of you. And they needed a player at centre-back. He's obviously gone in there. They've won 2-1 away at, at Bradford, which is, you know, a, a difficult sort of situation to, to get thrown into, I would imagine, for, for someone who I think is best as a kind of if not a number 10, then certainly as a kind of attack-minded number eight to, to slot further and further back. He's, he's kind of played as, as a holding midfielder. Now he's got this experience as well. I think it, it just develops you sort of in terms of you, your intelligence and, and your yes. understanding of, of the game. I think it's it's no bad thing. I don't suspect that we'll see him at centre-back very often this season. I certainly hope not. But, you know, if he can kind of get minutes there and impress, that's probably the next step towards getting those minutes in the position that you want to be playing in. So, yeah, it, it sounds like it's it's going quite well for him so far. Certainly better than, than Leighton Clarkson found last season in terms of, of the minutes. Interestingly for, for him as well, he seems to be doing really well up at, at Aberdeen, scored a, a couple of absolutely brilliant goals. Yes. So, yeah, it, it's about getting the, the right loan, isn't it, for, for both of those players. It, it seems to be seems to be the right one so far, at least. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. It's a really interesting dynamic with the whole loan players because obviously, particularly a club like Liverpool who are putting stipulations on the amount of minutes they want their players to play, once they get into someone else's building though, 
the priorities of that football club will always take precedent. So you'll find someone like Tyler saying, okay, we, we've got a hole, we've got a defensive uh, uh, crisis injury, we need you to go in and play. And the fact that his willingness to not only go in there but excel, like you say, is going to buy him credit amongst his new teammates, but it's also with the manager in terms of, okay, I trust this guy. He can go in and, and do what I want him to do, even if it's not what he wants him to do. And we saw it kind of last season with um, Seth Vandenberg at Preston. Like No one was expecting him to become this giant marauding wingback, and yet he managed to work it to his advantage. And, I mean, he was fantastic for them down there. So it's all about almost the building blocks of your game and just learning the, the ropes of league football as, as much as anything, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And I think you, you'd probably put James Balagese into a similar sort of bracket, really, in terms of he's probably gone a lot lower down than what most people would have expected him to in terms of, of the level. But it's about being a regular. It's about being in a system which suits you. And I think we've we've kind of seen that certainly, you know, when Tyler's played in midfield for, for Blackburn, that's that's the position he wants to be in. And he's, he's taken those opportunities to a certain extent, I think, for... For James Balagese as well, obviously, it's slightly easier to, to go down another couple of divisions and, and impress. But obviously, to do it against Fulham, like you mentioned, is is impressive as well. So, yeah, it seems to be it seems to be the right move for, for all of them. I wasn't wasn't too sure about him going to, to Crawley actually, Balagese, but you know, he, he's linked up again with with a manager that he knows very well in, in Kevin Betsy from his time with England has obviously worked and, and got that working relationship with him from the past, and that seems to, to be going really well. So, yeah, I think. Um, I think he actually said himself, actually, Kevin Betsy, that it was um, a player of the kind of standard and, and quality that someone like Crawley shouldn't realistically be able to have. And I think, you know, it, it's all right saying that. And I think that is true kind of on paper. But actually to, to put a young player of, of his kind of quality and the kind of attributes that he's got, he's not necessarily one that you'd think would do really well physically. I think he's, he's technically very, very good, knows where to be and, and where to put the ball. But I think physically there was maybe a, a bit of a, a question mark over him. But yeah, so far it, it seems to be the, the perfect match. And again, he's he's one of those that's taken you know, really, really good, important strides forward already this season. So yeah, hopefully that can continue and possibly there might be a, a loan deal a little bit further up the, the, the kind of ladder really in terms of, of possibly going to, to championship or, or league one in future for him. But yeah, the, the Crawley one, I wasn't quite convinced of in the summer, but it, it's not taken long for me to change my mind. I think that the relationship he has with Betsy seems to be key. Uh, from let's Just listening to how he speaks about him, we were talking just now about how the priorities change when you come into a different building. With a manager like Betsy, who he knows about youth development from time working with the England young ages, but he also knows James as well. He knows the potential he has within him. He's going to be more keen to maybe do everything he can to maximise James's ability. So that will mean maybe not necessarily um, overplaying him at certain times, but give, putting him in the right position on the pitch, if nothing else, to be able to do the best that he can. And that seems to have been paying off so far. Yeah, and I think it, it probably helps as well that if you go down another couple of divisions that he's more likely to be a player that you can kind of build a Crawley team around. I don't think for, for someone like Tyler Morton, is it, it, it's never going to be the case that Blackburn completely changed the way that they play to, to fit Tyler in perfectly. It's It's got to be the other way around. Whereas I think maybe at, at Crawley, with that manager, with that style, you can kind of, you know what you've got, you know exactly what the qualities are and you can maybe start to build the, the rest of that team around him in the, the knowledge really that he's kind of, you know, he, he's certainly a player of, 
a ceiling and a level of talent that, that Crawley wouldn't normally be able to acquire. And you can kind of make that argument much more easily to, to change things to suit him, which I think for, for someone like James Balaghese, I think is is probably the right way of, of going about it. I think he is a player that he's got very specific good things about his game, but he doesn't maybe necessarily mould himself perfectly to to another team. I think with with Crawley, it's it's the right way around for him. I think that they've kind of built themselves around him a little bit from you know the, the little bits that I've seen anyway, and, and from what I've heard. And I think that's that's probably the the right way. That that's probably why it made sense, and, and that was the right move for him. And yeah, certainly the the signs are, are really positive so far. I think we're going to be hearing a lot more about him over the course of the season, hopefully with um, a starring role in some fantastic play. But yeah, as you say, it does seem like at the moment to be the right setting for him to go out on loan. And as we always say on the show, it's a very tough decision. However, I should also point out, as we record, the transfer window is still open. So there are still more potential outs, more than ins, I should say, at this level to come in. So... Is there anyone out there who you think maybe maybe suited, or do we think that this kind of injury level higher up the food chain is going to have an effect on who stays and who goes? Yeah, I mean it's it's an interesting one. I mean you mentioned Seth Vandenberg before. Whether we class him as an academy player anymore, I'm not too sure. But there's definitely interest. I think Blackburn are one of the teams interested in him. Burnley as well. I think of kind of been fairly fairly strong in, in wanting him. And I think that would be, you know, a decent move for him. I think to, to go to the top end of the championship, obviously spent 18 months with Preston, playing in a, a team and kind of getting used to, to that system, but actually going and playing for a bit more of a, a progressive and, and ball-playing team. I know Burnley typically haven't been that, but they probably are now much more than than probably most people would imagine with Vincent Company there. I think that's, that's probably a move that would make sense. But yeah, I suppose that the question really is, is it going to be him or Nat Phillips or do they have to keep both of them just in terms of, of the injuries that Liverpool have got? I suppose we'll, we'll find out the answer to that very shortly. But I suppose there's, there's probably a couple more as well. I think Jake Kane is one that would probably be the most obvious. He was obviously out on loan at Newport and played a lot of, man, a lot of minutes uh, last season for them. I think he was a little bit frustrated that he didn't get the, the opportunity to go with the, the first team off the back of that in the, the pre-season turns 21 in in a couple of, uh, of days time so hopefully you know it's 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 kind of at the stage really for him where i think you know playing 21s football and, and being the captain for them isn't going to do him a great deal of good whether that's you know a permanent move potentially or, or possibly another loan spell i think it probably makes more sense for, for him to move on but we'll see if there's there's any kind of movement on that he's probably the most likely the other one mateus musilovsky i think he's he's missed the, the last couple of, of 21s games presumably with with an injury, but I'm not 100% sure on that. He, he came off the bench in the first couple of, of those matches. Again, a couple of years younger than, than Jake Kane, so it's not quite as urgent for him, but I think possibly he's one that I would possibly think could potentially go out on loan. There was a, a bit of speculation around him earlier in the summer, but yeah, mm. with him, maybe not quite so likely as the other two, but yeah, for me, Seth Vandenberg and, and Jake Kane, it, it should be it should be a fairly easy decision for me. They've, they've got to go and, and get minutes, senior minutes and, and, and regularly as well. The idea of Seth Vandenberg learning about centre-back play from Vincent Company very much, very much excites me. So I hope that that one does get done. Now, before we go, as I, I trailed earlier in the show, you have your one to watch. And as I mentioned also, you have a reputation of greatness to uphold. So, so who are you going to be blessing us with today? 
Uh, well, it's it's a name that I probably have, have mentioned as a one to watch in the past, but I think it's um, it's time to talk about Oakley Cannoneer again. I think um, mm. he's kind of one that I've obviously watched a fair bit of over the last couple of seasons. We mentioned before, there's lots of, of new names with the under-18s that I'm still trying to gauge their level and, and their ceiling, so not seeing enough of them to, to kind of pick out those players yet. But Oakley is, is one of those that... I mentioned a lot last season that he scored a lot of goals. I think it was 33 in competitive games, 41 in, in friendlies as well when you add those up. And you know, that's that's a huge amount of goals for the under-18s. But then he'd stepped up to play under-19s in the youth league and maybe hadn't quite looked like he was ready to, to do that. But I thought he was a lot, lot better. He made his, his under-21s debut against Blackburn, the, the game that I mentioned that, that Bobby Clark and, and Stefan Bysetic played in. I was at the academy to watch that. I think the, the main reason he got the chance was that Leighton Stewart was suspended. He got sent off the, the week before. But again, it's about taking those opportunities. And I just thought really he looked a lot more physically ready to, to play for the under-21s. He didn't look out of place. He was one that Barry Luters picked out at the end as, as having a good game and, and impressing. And yeah, there was... Uh, for for all his finishing and, and all of the, the good stuff he did for the 18s last season, he just didn't quite manage to, to step up. But on this occasion, I thought he looked a lot, lot more ready physically, got himself involved, got himself about the pitch a lot more. And yeah, I think it wouldn't it, it wouldn't be a massive shock if we see a fair bit of him for, for the under-21s this season. I think there'll, there'll still be times where he plays for, for the 18s. But it was, um, yeah, it was it, it was a surprise, a pleasant surprise to me, actually, how well he, he looked with the under-21s. I was a little bit worried about him in that game, but yeah. He proved me wrong again and, and seemed to, to look really good. So hopefully over the course of the next few weeks, we, we see a little bit more of him at, at that level. And I'm sure if uh, if he performs as he did against Blackburn, that the goals will start to come for him at that level too. Well, one to keep watching rather than one new to watch. But I do think you're right. It's definitely someone who we've all kind of invested into his story now. So I very much want to see how it goes. Matt? It's been a bumper show to start the season with. Can't wait to see what these boys cook up in the next few weeks or so. I'll see you again for the next time. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.